Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that puts all the biggest issues in the property world under the microscope. And today we're looking at how different parts of Europe and the Middle East are dealing with one of the sectors and indeed one of the world's hottest topics, ESG. The built environment accounts for 40% of global carbon emissions. So it's really, really critical that uh, property and property organisations become more sustainable, if nothing else, to make sure that they remain commercially viable. Dubai built the world's first 3D printed building in 2017, and it saves on construction waste by up to 60% and then reduces the build time by up to 70%. So potentially a uh, construction method for the future. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm joined by four of Savile's finest from around Europe and the Middle East. So let's meet them. Let's start with Sophie Chick, who is head of department for Savile's World Research and the lead researcher on ESG in the urban environment. She's also a regular on Real Estate Insights. Sophie, lovely to have you on the on the podcast again. How have you been? Good, thank you. Great to be back. Martijn Onderstal is Head of Valuation for Savills in the Netherlands and he's working with the Dutch Green Building Council on a sustainability model on valuation, amongst other things. Martijn, nice to, nice to hear from you. Hello, Guy. Uh, it's good to be here. Thank you. Uh, you're most welcome. Matty Schenk is a researcher for Savills Germany and the author of various studies on the German residential market. Hello, Matty. Welcome to Real Estate Insights. Hello, everyone. Yeah, thanks. Um, I'm very fine and yeah, happy to join here. And the last of our panel is Richard Paul, who's Head of Professional Services and Consultancy for Savills Middle East. And he's regularly involved in providing development consultancy solutions in that part of the world. Richard, welcome to Real Estate Insights. Hi, Guy. Thanks, uh, thanks for the invite. Great stuff. Well, look, there we are. We've got a fantastic panel. Um, I wonder whether we could start perhaps with you, Sophie. Um, could you give us a sort of summary of what we mean by ESG in this particular area, in the area of, uh, of real estate and property? Yes, of course. Um, and as you say, this is the sort of the hot topic at the moment. Um, and of course, ESG is actually three different things. Um, so just picking up on them separately, if we focus on the E, environment, um, we know climate change is happening. And we know if we don't do something about it, there's going to be a devastating impact. We've already seen some of this come through in terms of sort of extreme weather events over the past few years. Um, so to try and reduce carbon emissions, there's been an increasing amount of intervention from governments, both in the form of of investment and of course regulation but it's not just the governments who are driving change we're also seeing that coming from companies and from individuals really pushing for net zero carbon so in the real estate industry um, a fact that everyone is very very familiar with is that the built environment accounts for 40 percent of global carbon emissions so it's really really critical that uh, property and property organizations become more sustainable if nothing else to make sure that they remain commercially viable um, but of course, it's not just the E, it's not just environment. We've also got the S and the G, so social and governance. And these are really gaining traction too. So understanding the impact that real estate can have on communities and well-being, and then considering things like transparency and accountability are increasingly important. Yeah. So uh, as Sophie's sort of said, uh, there are sort of really two drivers here. There's, there's government on one side, through regulation and relief and incentives and things like that. And on the, on, 
on the other side, you've got the market through investors, occupiers, landlords, developers, etc. So perhaps what we could do is have a quick trip round everywhere uh, to get a picture of what governments are doing and then have perhaps a more general conversation about what players in the market can do and how they're responding. And you never know, we might learn something from each other. So let's uh, let's start with Martin uh, in Holland, uh, in, the, in the Netherlands. Martin, uh, in terms of the government and regulation and relief and all that sort of stuff, where is your market in, in, on ESG? Yes, well, thank you, Guy, because uh, you put me in the first place and I'm really of the opinion that the Dutch are ahead in adopting sustainability regulations. Because um, already from 2008, um, uh, the presentation of energy labels has been mandatory in case of sales and new lettings of commercial real estate. There's also something called the activity decree uh, in the Netherlands that requires owners and tenants to carry out energy efficient improvements to certain buildings with a catalogue of measures. Um, there's also something called the Bang Directive, uh, where new buildings have to fulfill this requirement, being almost energy neutral and limiting the use of fossil fuels and expanding the use of renewable energy sources. We also have the market uh, where Dutch pension funds already decided to draw up an ESG governance already in 2017. So I guess these are already many examples where the Dutch are ahead in uh, sustainability. As you say, that does sound quite a sort of advanced and quite developed, if you like. <laughs> That's a pun there, isn't it? I didn't mean it. Uh, uh, Matty, in, in, in Germany, uh, uh, do, do you see a similar picture? Uh, is, is the German market as... as uh, are, they, are you as proud of where you are as uh, Martin is about the, the Dutch market? <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh, we have to admit that the Netherlands are ahead uh, of us. Um, but nevertheless, I think there are some very positive things going on in Germany as well. Um, we're coming already from very um, high building standards generally. So when it comes to energy consumption, newly built property are mostly uh, in a quite good quality. But nevertheless, when we really want to talk about sustainability, uh, really uh, public regulations uh, are a crucial point. And here we have the situation in, in Germany that, yeah, generally we're really addicted to regulations and so on. So it really might better talk about <laughs> some deregulation because um, when we are thinking about using wood as a building material, we have the situation that when it comes to fire security rules and so on in the building codes, there are still many, many rules uh, preventing uh, a larger use of such things. But there are uh, many things going on. For example, uh, the Bavarian Building Code has recently allowed using wood for all types of property, uh, similar things going on in other, other federal states. And the uh, Federal Republic of Germany uh, has implemented um, a public uh, funding uh, program, which came to effect this year. So the government will now support such uh, sustainable schemes uh, financially from summer onwards. And I think it's um, a very important step from the uh, regulation side, uh, leading to hopefully more sustainability uh, in future. But uh, I would also say the, the influx from the capital side is maybe now the more important driver for the development here. Uh, Richard, what about you? What about the, the, the Middle East? Uh, I, I mean, it's an interesting part of the world because, you know, the Middle East 
you know, prosperity built on carbon, effectively, uh, but but probably lots of potential to to decarbonize as well. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a good point, Guy. I mean the region, particularly the GCC, have been f- trying to you know, focus on trying to alter the world's perception of you know what is an all-based economy. I think when 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 the global population considers the GCC. As an economy, um, they're obviously thinking oil and gas. They're also thinking large regional aviation giants such as Emirates, Etihad, Qatar Airways, as well as a fast-growing tourism and, and real estate sector, and, and none of which historically are particularly environmentally friendly. Uh, however, I, I guess for some time now, the GCC countries have been working to sort of offset this image and its carbon footprint and focus on uh, on the environment and sustainability. And in, in other words, I guess the, the E of ESG has been a focus for well over a decade, and there's plenty of examples of that. Um, the S and the G is something that has, has come to the fore uh, over the past couple of years. What's different, particularly for this part of the world, is a lot of these cities are very young, if not haven't even come out of the ground yet. So we're not retrofitting uh, a, a current city. We, we, they're sort of building fresh from new, which, which has an advantage. And there's less planning restriction as well on that. So um, it, it's almost a bit of a blank slate, which, uh, which provides a bit of an opportunity. Yeah, and I'm guessing you, you having, as well as plenty of carbon resource, you've got plenty of renewable resource, haven't you? Lots of sunshine and a bit of wind. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it, it's not my, my Savile's uh, fun fact of the day, but, but Abu Dhabi is currently developing the largest solar plant in the world. Um, and and that will be a big part of its uh, energy provision going forward over the next couple of decades. Yeah. So that's uh, the Netherlands, Germany and the Middle East. So let's bring it back. Well, what we might call home, seeing as we're, I'm in a studio in London. Uh, Sophie, we're recording this on the 20th of April and today's papers are full of talk about uh, the UK government uh, s- uh, later this week announcing a plan to, to, be, to reduce our carbon emissions by 78% by 2035 in, uh, ahead of the 2050 thing. So in one way, we, we seem to be at, at, the, at the forefront. Are we in, in the property world? Yeah, so, I mean, much like um, we've heard from other countries, the UK government are using the same sort of carrot and stick approach here, where we're seeing both investment um, into new technologies and um, renewable energy, but also a lot of regulation coming through. But if we turn to the sort of the real estate industry, I think one of the most significant targets the government have is to upgrade all buildings to a minimum EPC rating of C over the next 10 to 15 years. Um, So this is having a a real impact on on investors who are looking now to future-proof those buildings so that when those new regulations are introduced, they're not left with a sort of stranded asset. So that then is a broad picture of where we're at in terms of, you know, policy uh, in, in all these parts of the world. So, so, so let's talk about the market and let's talk about about you know the players in the market. You know, everybody, investors, developers, occupiers, landlords, whatever. My sort of first and most obvious question is, and it's I know this is a bit simplistic, but does all this present a threat or an opportunity for players in the market? I think it's an opportunity. Um, I think ESG has become an important business consideration all around the world. 
but when I talk about uh, the Netherlands, I guess that the presence of uh, the knowledge of sustainable buildings and the politically uh, stable climate in the Netherlands and uh, our architecture style in combination with the highly educated workforce, for example, for instance, uh, the Dutch position in terms of sustainability. And therefore, uh, I guess that investors, uh, but also uh, occupiers, are looking uh, to the Netherlands, towards the Netherlands, as a good uh, country uh, to to invest in or to locate in. I, I could see that. I see the the, the 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 potential and the opportunity and and all that sort of stuff. But I also could see it from, sort of from the other way round. You know, I mean, I think both. Uh, uh, you, Martin, and, and and Matty, and and I think Sophie to a certain extent have been. We're talking about lots of regulation, lots of you know uh, Germany, for instance. Matty, you were saying that you know Germans are sort of you know hooked on re- on on laws and regulation and, and the like. You know, ha- navigating all that, especially if you're an international uh, player in this game, that must be a nightmare. Yeah, maybe it currently might be quite complicated, but I think we are generally. I can only speak for Germany, but in an early phase of this whole mega trend, and we are seeing, for example, that uh, what's currently a little bit missing are market standards in terms of valuing the E, the S, or the G. Um, but there are really important steps going on for better transparency. And this, uh, it's my expectation, during this year, it will be a lot of going on in terms of market standards, and that will be also lead to. Um, to uh, yeah, reducing what you call the nightmare, so it makes it more easier for investors as well to valuing uh, the properties, the opportunities, but also the risks. And I think it's currently uh, going a lot forward here. From a Middle East perspective, in terms of the minefield of accreditations and and um, which ratings to associate yourself with, I mean, you've in this part of the world, obviously, we've kind of backed. Uh, the lead accreditation, but we've also got Bream. And then on top of that, uh, we've got different, even Emirates within the United Emirates, creating their own sustainable uh, building codes. And um, it's, bit of, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a bit of a mix match of, of, of all these accreditations. And I think it then proves, could be a, a possible downfall um, while attracting investors who are looking for a universal uh, something that's universally adopted. Uh, Sophie, in, in in the spotlight on property and carbon, Savile's re- spotlight on property and carbon, which I think is is fresh out. I think it's one of you. It's one of your babies, isn't it? Aren't you one of the lead authors of the of this? Yes, uh, yeah. yes, I am. So, so I, I've I've religiously read that, uh, and one of the things that struck me was you were talking about the you know the the, the danger the the risk being that you fall behind in your buildings and they're not you know they don't meet certain standards but if the standards are different all over the world then actually you know i don't know where you get to so, so maybe this is the key thing is is everybody agreeing what 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 certi- certification is and what value how you value and all that sort of stuff yeah, I mean, it's definitely a challenge, particularly for sort of global investors who have to navigate different regulatory environments in, in different countries. And what, one of the interesting things is that actually, to a certain extent, you do need these certifications to be adaptable. Um, what's sustainable in the UK will be quite different um, in terms of sustainability features, where we have quite a lot of rain compared to, say, where Richard is in the Middle East. It's the sort of sustainability that's needed 
it's going to be different so you can see why there's a need to get to sort of different building standards in different environments um but some sort of global um global certification would be brilliant. I, I think we haven't even properly agreed on a, a definition for actual net zero and, and what it means to get to net zero. So there is still a lot of um, a sort of global collaboration that can happen within the industry. And where do we all think uh, the, the, the players in the market are? I mean, again, it's a bit of a broad question, but, but in terms of really understanding this stuff, how high up is it on the agenda? One particular significant change that we've seen re- recently was at the back end, at the beginning of, of last year, the Dubai financial market, the DFM, launched the UAE index for ESG. And at the moment, they're encouraging, they're not demanding, but they're encouraging listed companies uh, within the UAE to expand and embrace ESG best practice. Uh, and as a result, asking them to to carry out ASG audits for for everybody that wants to be floated on 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 that exchange. Um, and in fact, you know, a number of our clients are already sort of approaching Savills regionally about where we can assist them uh, when it comes to ESG, you know, their protocols and, and best practice. I think it's really the case we need more and more best best practice projects or uh, funds, for example, and then the, uh, maybe uh, leading to even more uh, shift towards this trend. Um, it's currently, for my feeling, very strongly focused on ZE, uh, but uh, in the last couple of months we've seen increasingly uh, discussions also about the S of ESG uh, reflecting in a strong uh, demand for social and affordable housing from investor side. So it has definitely a strong impact already. And Martin, the, 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 the you know, you're, as you're, I know you're proud of, uh, uh, of, of where you've got to in, in the Netherlands. Uh, uh, is there a danger of you, you guys resting on your laurels? <laughs> well, no, I don't think so, uh, Guy. Um, we see a lot of... Um, uh, market players uh, being active on uh, ESG strategies uh, and it's mostly uh, around the institutional investors. They have it really high on the agenda uh, and they are asking uh, us as Savills, uh, how can you be of help uh, with us uh, implementing ESG strategies uh, for our investors, for our shareholders as well. Um, and that's what we, what uh, is occupying us uh, at the moment. And Sophie, uh, before we get to the Savile standout stat, which we'll come to in a moment, uh, a, a last thought from you. As I say, you've you've been consumed, no doubt, by putting together the spotlight on property and carbon uh, report. Does it has it left you optimistic? Oh, goodness. Um, yes, uh, but I am an eternal optimist. So I, I am positive <laughs> that we, we can do this. Um, it, but we do have a, a, a sort of a long journey ahead of us. We can't go without coming up with a Savile standout stat. I think you all all know what we're, what, what we're on about. It's just a little nugget of information that, that uh, sheds some light on the situation. Uh, where should we start? Let's, um, well, let's start furthest away from London and head back towards London. Richard, why don't, you, uh, why don't you go first? What's your Savile standout stat today? You might not know, but Dubai uh, built the world's first uh, 3D printed building in 2017 and, and consequently has built the largest 3D uh, building, a commercial two-story building, uh, which is occupied by the government just in 2019. 
Um, and it and it was a, a sort of a concept that um, just highlighted the benefits of of that method of construction. It reduces mat- the materials required. It increases your ability to customize it. It saves on construction waste by up to sixty percent, and then reduces the build time by up to seventy percent. So, potentially a uh, construction method for the future. Wow, that's that's both amazing, and I presume has got Martin, Matty, and Sophie going. Oh no, we can't beat that. Uh, let, let's go to Germany next, Matty. What's your what's your Savile standout stat? Yeah, it's also linked to the E, um, and it's uh, 90% the stat, uh, because um, 90% of all properties here in Germany are theoretically can be built be- with sustainable building materials like wood or clay, which for me was quite astonishing stat when I heard that, and shows uh, how tremendous potentials we have to um, integrating more sustainability in our constructions. Absolutely. Uh, Martin, uh, what about you? Yeah, well, next to all the positive news I brought uh, for the Netherlands, uh, I would like to uh, to give a little warning. Less than two years to go until the deadline of the 1st of January 2023 for at least label C in the Netherlands uh, for uh, offices. We only have 20% of the energy ratings uh, with uh, level C or better. Yeah, well, that's that's a bit sobering, isn't it? Uh, let's give the last word then to Sophie. Sophie, what this? You've had to come up with a, come up with a several standout stat, end, endless times. Another one from you, please. No problem. So I want to sort of take things bigger picture um, and having a look in the UK in March this year, 26% of people considered the environment the most important issue facing the country. That leaves it fourth behind the economy, health and leaving the EU. Um, so to me, this is really positive because even in the midst of uh, of this global pandemic, we're still seeing it um, at least over a quarter of people considering it the most important factor. And I think this is only going to rise as we go forward well there you go so that's fantastic thank you all very very much for that thank you for your time and thank you indeed for your wisdom if all that's got you thinking and you want to explore more you'll find plenty to keep you occupied on the research section of the Savills website savills.co.uk slash research including that spotlight on property and carbon report which uh, has consumed sophie's life for weeks or months uh, on end uh, and on this specific subject you can find more at the Savile at Savile's energy and sustainability part of the website uh, savills.co.uk slash sectors slash energy dash and dash sustainability I'll say that one more time savills.co.uk slash sectors slash energy and sustainability with a dash either side of the end. As I say, that's it for this episode of Real Estate Insights. Thank you very much for listening and we'll see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.